What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain Yoga is something that most of us realize we should integrate into our lives, but if you're like me, you may find it difficult to find the time to make it to a studio. It's one of the reasons we created BSY.TV for BlackSwanYoga.TV. It allows access to all of our world-class instructors, but gives you the opportunity to practice in the comfort of your own home. You get the first eight days totally free, and then after that, it's eight bucks a month. Totally worth it, an opportunity to practice yoga at the highest level, but without all the hassle of heading to the studio. I definitely recommend you check it out. There's absolutely nothing to lose. BSY.TV. Breathing. It's something we do every second of every single day, but rarely do we pay it any attention at all. In this podcast, I sit down with Noah Villalobos, our head yoga instructor at Black Swan Yoga, and Anahata Ananda, the founder and practitioner of Shamanjelic Breathing, one of the experts that I've learned from. Combining these two breathwork masters, we get to the heart of breathing and how we can use it as a functional tool to improve our lives. Please enjoy. What's going on, guys? What's up? (laughs) How are you doing? So good. So we're here once again with Anahata Ananda, one of my spiritual mentors and and great sisters, Mm -hmm. and Noah. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Feels good to be here, man. Noah took over our Black Swan Yoga and has just been crushing it since um you wouldn't expect that this dude was a yogi (laughs) you know (laughs) he came straight off the rugby field (laughs) and he's brought his own kind of flavor to the uh to the experience there and i think it's you know one of the main reasons why we continually you know rose back up to the top of the of the best yoga in austin because we're providing something that's you know really unique so um but today i want to get into breath work because this is an area that we've um you know we have the 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 master and the student and then the different ways that that dynamic has kind of come through because both of us have learned breath work from you Anahata and um you know Noah's been able to take that take some of the yogic background that he has and translate that into a whole new beast in true uh black swan fashion (laughs) so um yeah definitely want to go about that and you know we talked a little bit about um shamanic breathing on the last podcast so why don't we start with you know, the roots of breathing on this one and talk about, you know, where this comes from in, in the yogic tradition and how important that is to yoga in general. Well, yeah, you, you think about the breath as this, uh, accessible, uh, this accessible practice, both consciously and unconsciously, uh, your breathing can be something you're actively thinking about, or it's something that's happening in the background. And for me, that's something that's unique amongst all of our other processes in our bodies. Um, this is sort of a gateway 
between your conscious awareness and then what's going on in the background. And so by controlling this gateway, by putting more in attention and awareness on your breath, you can consciously affect the subtle functions of your body, perhaps digestion, circulation, the mood, your emotions, uh, all of these things that seem to be uncontrollable are suddenly manipulated by your practice of breathing intentionally. That's such a key point. You know, that's something that people don't realize is that this isn't any kind of woo-woo thing you know like take a deep breath is actually really good advice <laughs> yes like when you train when you change the way that you breathe and go into that parasympathetic belly breathing you actually lower cortisol levels you'll increase the alkalinity of your body you'll actually change the neurochemistry like the physical you know chemistry of your body as you change your breath it's not just the mental aspects of it which of course go along with it but you change your body when you change your breath and that's something that I think people don't realize. Like we have this amazing rudder that's available to us, but nobody's teaching shit about it. I mean, they are in, in, in the East, right. you know, they have in many old traditions, but where are we learning about that now? Like what, what are people saying? Like that should be in every class. Like right. anytime anybody gets too fired up, like, okay, practice your deep breathing now, kid. Like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you Why teach not? people yeah. that? Like, I don't understand. It's like one of the most important things you could do, but it's like not taught. Right. This is an old, you know, breathing techniques are, are found actually in all these ancient customs and all these ancient cultures. You know, if we look at the roots of yoga, because you're saying, well, what's the roots of this? And we find it actually in the yoga sutras, you know, thousands of years back, as a portal to higher consciousness, as a way to calm the body, as a way to open the pineal and the pituitary glands to actually access higher states of awareness. And by con controlling your breath, then you can control the body. You can calm yourself to allow more truth in and more light in. And so as the yogic practices have moved from the East to the West, only one part has really, really been amplified here, and that's just the asana, just the yoga postures. But those, those are just the beginning with the breath and meditation is actually all of those eight limbs of yoga together are what create the integration for higher consciousness. And so that's kind of the yogic path of, of breathing in the history of that, but also you know, the, the monks uh, in the East in many different cultures and many different modalities have, have, have really known that breathing is something, a very powerful way to create inner mastery and to create mastery in being able to affect the universe with your breath, with your center, and to move your power in such a way. It's, it's, this ability to be present and know how to use your breath to move through the universe with consciousness and awareness and empower yourself and be more powerful in the subtle. And, um, and then, of course, there's the shamanic breathing. And that is more to move out density and use the breath as a broom to kind of clear out emotional patterns, density, fears, doubts, and limitations. And the, sh the shamans use breath more like a broom to clear out darkness. And so each of those three are, are very different ways of using the breath. And what's so awesome is that we can blend them. Yeah. You know, I'm into like, hey, let's do it all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's go, let's go through breathing one-on-one. All right. Normal, everyday people, shallow <laughs> chest breathing. Yes. What most of us are always doing all the time. It's basically just 
in and out, not really going into the deeper parts of the lungs, right? So, you know, I don't need to leave this. Let's go through. No, go through. Go through all of the. Go through all of the basic forms of breathing. That you say, starting with what we normally do, and then starting with the more healthy way to normally do it, and then starting the ways that start to ramp things up for different reasons. Oh, for sure. Well, there's actually people out there. They're called no breathers. <laughs> no breathers. Yeah, they're barely. The, they're you, mostly dead. If you've if you've ever. <laughs> If you've, ever been, <laughs> if you've ever been in an office and you hear like someone working on their computer and then suddenly this like sigh that's like cr a creaking <laughs> sigh from their insides of stress it's like that's mm. <laughs> just a breath that's been stagnant sitting in their body because yeah. their concentration is solely on their computer on whatever they're working on so there's people out there that are hypo oxygenated which means lack of oxygen they're living in an acidic state their blood ph is is decreased but that's okay as long as you drink more coffee <laughs> yeah, oh that's for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. and smoke more cigarettes yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Then, then that's fine then and you don't need stress you don't more. yeah exactly we'll you don't need the Oxygen, then, yeah. Everybody gets their choice on how they <laughs> yeah. exit this world. <laughs> and that's yeah. one of them. Be a rapid exit. <laughs> and so you start with that. There's people that are just not breathing. Yeah, there's people who all. have like a hitch in their breath too. Like Yeah. <sighs> well, you, you you talk about like sleep apnea. People yeah. will stop sleep will stop breathing in their sleep and then wake up gasping for air in a mm. fit. And so the this is this is a this is a an uh, a disconnection between the brain and the diaphragm, the brain and all of the accessory muscles that are involved in the breathing process. Because it's not just your, your diaphragm that's pulling air in. Essentially, you're just one big breathing machine. All of the muscles of your torso are meant to pull as much air into not your body me, bro. as possible. My muscles of my torso are meant to get chicks. <laughs> Tighter the better. <laughs> well, no. You know why they get you chicks? Is because chicks see you and they're like, man, Ooh, that guy must breathe that's well. A, that's a good breather right there. <laughs> my kids are going to breathe there's so some, well. There's some hyperoxygenation going on in that, in that man. There. And that, you know, but even that in that holding, that puffing up of wanting to get chicks is like, is literally holding your breath like yeah. look at me in this state. <laughs> I buff, but I can't breathe. <laughs> and then and then after that you have the chest breathers, right? Yeah. This slouched over position. There's some movement going on, but they're not even expanding into any of the tissues of their belly, of their diaphragm, beneath their rib cage. They're just simply taking in the minimal amount of air required to continue their shitty existence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. That's most of us here. Okay. Continue so the this other one percent, <laughs> and sometimes you're going to ebb, ebb and flow between being more conscious and not, you know. And and most of us, as, as you bring more awareness to it, and you're like, oh yeah, breathe. And so most of it is in that just upper percent of the lung capacity, which means all of these toxins are also staying in that lower eighty percent of your lungs aren't getting cleared out, and that's getting circulated around the body, and so. Prana, which is really your life force, that's really the yogics would interpret prana as your life force yeah. and breathing is connected to your life force. How much do you want to be here? And if you're afraid and, and stressed and contracted, you're literally contracting your life force because you're afraid or tense or in a, in a state where you're not really feeling safe and open and expanded. Mm -hmm. And and so that's what starts to open up the gateways so that 
like, wow, I'm okay. Life's okay. And that breathing starts to come in and, and um, awaken and animate. Yeah, the it's a signal body. to the body that it's, yeah, okay. So, it's okay. So so then from the chest breathing, then there's what's the healthy type of breathing? Here, so huh? it, when you walk into a yoga class, they'll immediately instruct you, if it's a good yoga class, <laughs> they'll immediately instruct you on the mechanics of your breath and how to maximize the volume that you can achieve with the breath. And one of the first cues that I ever learned was breathing down into your belly button. So that's something that people don't think about a lot. And Anahata even mentioned it. They're trying to brace themselves and look all buff. <laughs> so they're sucking their belly in. And, and, and uh, instead, Collapsing the inner lung. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, it, it's, it seems counterintuitive from aesthetic uh, perspective. <laughs> but you're supposed to protrude your belly out and sort of get this mm -hmm. Buddha's belly on the inhale, drawing the diaphragm all the way down into the organs beneath. And so um, when you walk into a yoga class, that's the first thing they'll tell you is breathe into your belly and then allow the breath to fill up from the bottom through the rib cage up into the collarbones, maybe even all the way into your throat and crown. Yeah. And so uh, explaining the breath uh, from the perspective of like a chakra alignment, mm -hmm. like breathing into the lower energy areas. And you don't need to be in a yoga class to do that. No. You know, I mean, that's the no, type no. of breath. Actually, you have paying to. Uh, come to Black Swan <laughs> Yoga. Yeah. You can only breathe like that in yoga class. So we, we offer that at Black Swan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, only at Black Swan. <laughs> it's interesting because my first martial arts instructor, Pat Johnson, who is uh, curiously, he was the referee in Karate Kid 1 and was like, no <laughs> which way. is pretty fun. So if you go back and watch that, you can see old Pat. But he was um, already getting older when he was teaching me. He was in his 60s. But he would go run like, ridiculous amounts of miles a day and was just in like incredible shape but he would always show me when i was a kid he's like look this is how you breathe and he'd have me put a hand on his belly. like below his belly button and then on his back and when he would breathe that whole thing would just go like straight like belly and and even through his like back like his spine and everything mm -hmm. would like kidney area would just mm -hmm. sort of like and like balloon out like you know just a massive lung that you know like almost like a new new area that the lungs were that i wasn't even thinking about you know yeah a lot yeah. of the lung uh, volume is concentrated in your back mm -hmm. um and and so that's what i a lot of people have back pain in the first place because that those tissues aren't being manipulated how they should be through the breathing process they're supposed to be expanding and contracting every single breath but instead they stay static they become rigid mm -hmm. and then you feel that sensation in your back through pain yeah which so, is affecting all of the other organs because you're really literally starving the nervous system and you're starving all of the organs so then functioning and energy starts to go down when sure. you're not and really then, fully breathing and then you know alkalinity as well you know people the body does a good job of regulating ph right so a lot of people think like oh the alkalinity thing is a bunch of bullshit well how does the body regulate ph well the body regulates ph because it takes minerals to buffer the acid that mm -hmm. you have in your body right so the more acidic you are the more minerals the body needs to buffer the acid. That's how it regulates the pH. Well, the body gets the minerals by leaching them from your bones and from your tissues and from the healthy tissues. So that's why chronic acidosis, like a chronic condition of being acid, is just going to strip your body of all the minerals and then you're going to start to deteriorate. Take all the calcium, magnesium, all of the different things the body needs to buffer that acid and remove it. So you want to preserve your minerals by staying alkaline. That's the best way you can do it. Of course, put more minerals back in too. Right which are generally alkalizing as well, but your breath itself will keep your blood and, and oxygen, you know, the oxygen will keep your blood more alkaline and you'll need less minerals to buffer the acid. So you're actually doing your body a favor, remineralizing yourself just through breath because you're requiring less to buffer that acid. So 
massive, massive importance to breath, you know, and, and getting those, getting that deeper, but anytime you can think about it, if, and if you're in traffic, if you're doing anything, anything, you're like, oh, I'm bored. Well, just work on your breathing. Like that's always something that you can do at any given point, you know, no matter what it is, that's a way that you can improve your body and improve your health in any situation, absolutely any situation. So let's talk about a morning practice then of actually how that applies, whether you're in a yoga class or not in a yoga class, to be able to have prana as what I like to call breakfast, you know, yeah. <laughs> that it, it, it happens before breakfast. It's your breath, your breakfast. And it, the first thing in the morning, just to be able to stand, you know, in an open position, kind of like in a, in a, in a posture where your knees are bent and just, you know, just moving your arms right mm -hmm. and left in that posture where you're massaging all of the spine and just twisting that and bringing oxygen into all of the, the whole spine, which is then oxygenating every organ and all, to all of the bones, all of the nervous system, awakens the body first thing in the morning. And you can just do that for a few minutes. Another morning practice to bring oxygen and blood flow into the body is if you're even just sitting is breath of fire and the yogis and it's one of the most common um what we call skull shining breath kapalabhati which is kind of it they, they call it skull shining because it clears the nadis in the brain it clears toxicity in the brain and what a great way to start the day instead of worry and stress and fatigue in your to-do list before you hop on the freeway or onto the computer let me clear my mind let me oxygenate my brain let me oxygenate my body first so i am more alkaline and I'm combating the stress because the stress is going to dealkalize you. So breathing practices are necessary now to kind of balance out daily stress and fatigue and worry, which is kind of everyday society is kind yeah. of running at a, at, a, at a pace that is kind of creating fatigue in the body. And so breathing becomes a natural balancing. And so Kapalabhati is just... Just forcing that oxygen, using the diaphragm to just force all of the air out and then fill back up, you know? And until you get control over that, just like you're blowing your nose, just pushing it all the way out and then letting your lungs fill back up again. And just keeping doing that as many pumps as you can, maybe 50, 60, 80, and then take a big inhale and... Hold it up at the top and allow all that prana and that chi, life force and oxygen to clear the brain and open the, th the third eye and the crown or the pineal and the pituitary gland so it clears the mind, mineralizes the brain, oxygenates all the blood flow. And if you did that five, 10 minutes a day, you know, before you start your day, like your day is going to be a lot different than if you just dive right in with a sleep deprived body into your everyday life. Sure. So great. there's an actual <clears throat> practice, that, you know, two different practices that you could do in the morning. Yeah, great practice to get uh, get the things moving. That, you know, it's talking about morning practices, doing something like that, getting moving, also exposure to light in yeah. the morning too, resetting your circadian rhythm. You know, those are the the big things that you can do. Alkalize, get light, Some get Some gaze while you're doing breath. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you start that way, you know, not only are you going to have a better day, but you're going to have an easier time falling asleep when you go to bed because otherwise if you kind of sleepwalk through the first half of your day then you're going to have a much tougher time falling asleep because your body doesn't know exactly when it was awake 
You know, it's like, when did we wake up? Or did we ever wake up? Yeah. Like, what what the hell happened? All right, so you mentioned that the skull shining breath, the breath of fire. What are some of the other yogic breaths that you kind of work with, Noah? Because I know in the in the breath work that we did, you talked about a different one as well. Yeah, uh, so uh, skull shining breath is the inward pull of the diaphragm, practicing mm-hmm. that engagement and, and tailoring your brain to understand how to make that happen. But then there's also bellows breath, which is the opposite movement of the diaphragm. It's, it's that uh, expansion of the belly button, that Buddha's belly that we were talking about, filling up at the bottom and then expanding into the top, into the back. And what I notice is like, like this is great for a morning routine because if you're waking up and starting to worry about the rest of the day already, <laughs> that ain't good. No, no, you need some space in the morning so that you can accept all the chaos that's about to happen. And when you're doing this bellows breath. No, I, I, I think it's best to check your email and freak out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that, helps, that helps get you out of bed. Stress fest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See how many Instagram likes I got all <laughs> yeah. overnight, overnight from China. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when so you're, what does it look like? What is a bellows breath? Can you demonstrate yeah, that? Yeah, so, so you're really focused on this area right beneath your belly button and you're trying to actively <sighs> protrude it out. And, and you'll notice that it takes... Like I had to, I had to actively concentrate. It takes 100% of your concentration to fill up your body with as much air as you possibly can. And that's great because now your concentration isn't focusing on that other shit. Mm-hmm. Now your awareness is fully present here in your body and you're experiencing the now, right? And uh, instead of worrying about what's about to happen, worry about, worrying about what did happen, just immediately centering yourself, using your breath. It's a practice that's so powerful. And if you wake up and start doing these bellows breaths, you'll notice that your head is clear and then you can accept the chaos of the day. All right, let's talk about when, not only when you're waking up, like let's say, you know, that moment of stress comes, that fish starts flopping around in your stomach, those, you know, angry butter, people say butterfly, they're never butterflies, they're way, they're way more aggro. I mean, it's like a trapped moth, you know, like just like going around, like ramming into the light over and over in your heart, like, you know, like, so when you have that feeling and that kind of just the pressure and the constriction, you know, would it be the bellows breath that you guys would recommend? And, or you that. would you do a counted breath, like I, a, I like like a box breath kind of, or a seven, you know, seven counts? Yeah. Or, 10, just that, when, when there's super high anxiety, mm-hmm. the calmer the breath, the sweeter the breath, and sipping it in slow to just, and let your exhale just envision like, okay, let it go. I mean, it, I think to bring peace, the breath needs to be a little bit more peaceful. When I'm trying to clear my mind, I'm going to use more that um, skull shining when yeah. I want to come in a different way. But when I'm in like super chaos, dragon lady <laughs> meltdown mode, coming to a real gentle, okay, closing your eyes is the first thing because when you close your eyes, you start to close off from all the external stimulation. So that's the mm-hmm. first thing. Definitely close your eyes and it directs your energy inward and it just. And where you're making a calming sound, even with your exhale. Mm-hmm. And it, that sound and a gentle inhale starts to calm immediately the nervous systems. And if you keep your eyes open, then you're still having all this external stimulation. You're still seeing traffic. You're yeah. still looking at your computer screen. Yeah. And it's, it's so closing that, going in and just 
yeah, 10 breaths. You know, they make fun of it. Oh, just take a breath, take 10 breaths. You're like, no, it actually works. Yeah. One, one tool that the, yogi, that the yogis use also is uh, closing the passageway for breath so that breath has to pass through slower, which, yeah. uh, which is uh, maybe alternate nostril breathing. You take your ring finger and your thumb and you breathe into one nostril so that the breath must pass through slower. The hole is slower. And so you're slowing down the pace of your breath. You're inhaling through one nostril, holding at the top, and then exhaling through the opposite nostril. And with that additional pressure, with closing the hole that you're breathing through, you're building more intra-abdominal pressure in the lungs. And so Mm -hmm. when you inhale, there's more pull increasing the amount of surface area that you're taking advantage of in your lungs. You're reaching those deep and dark corners of your lungs that maybe haven't been touched with that air. That one, that one's, uh, that one is called Nadi Shodhana, the balancing, uh, when you kind of switch up the different nostrils. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's really cool about that, especially when you're in a stressed environment is that it balances the left and right hemispheres of the brain and it balances the masculine and feminine. So if you're in this kind of panic contracted, mental state and the and the left side of the brain is really overactive then by doing that nadi shodhana you bring online actually that right side of your brain and you're oxygenating it more because you're not leaning on that hemisphere as much yeah and so that way you're you're balancing your creative and your intuitive sides you're bringing that side of your brain back on and the the more feminine um intuitive a sensitive parts of yourself. And it, that also creates a balance, which is nice. Sure. That's a good and point. then there's also a way to restrict your breath. Just Yeah. It's ujjayi. called ujjayi breath. Yeah. And what you're actually doing is you're slightly constricting through the back of your throat, creating that Darth Vader sound mm-hmm. as your breath moves in and out. And what's the purpose of that? Well, that actually is stimulating your vagus nerve, which is this nerve that runs from the brain. It tells all... me to go to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You'll need some extra breathing yeah. there. <laughs> Your vagus nerve runs from your brain all the way down to your sacrum. And this is almost like uh, brakes on your 100 mile per hour pace. And when you stimulate this vagus nerve, everything seems calmer. Your heartbeat slows. And uh, like I said, too, the intra-abdominal pressure that you build from that slight constriction increases the amount that your lungs are holding breath and then slows the pace of the breath, too. Mm -hmm. And it also sounds cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you know, when, when I started my yoga practice, um, it was years of doing yoga without that, thinking that I was doing yoga, you know, and I was doing movements and holding postures. But when a yoga teacher s- explained ujjayi and said, can you engage ujjayi breathing throughout your whole yoga practice? It brought my yoga practice to a whole nother level and it brought me more inward because I wasn't focusing on anything, anything while I was doing my yoga postures mm-hmm. and having the opportunity to just close your mouth in inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose with that throat constricted, kind of like you're trying to fog a mirror, but your mouth is closed, <sighs> but with your mouth closed. And yeah. in that process, when you're closing your eyes and you're doing yoga and you're controlling the inhale, and controlling the exhale, then it creates all of these micro stretches on the internal landscape of your body. And your yoga postures actually go deeper than just breathing up here 
in the upper part of your lung, when you're doing that ujjayi breathing, it actually, you breathe into your hips, you're breathing into your lungs, you're breathing into your shoulders. And by controlling it, it is, you're getting all these micro stretches in your yoga practice actually works a lot harder for you in the same posture. We could be doing the same posture, but I could be getting a lot more. And then when you wander off of that, you're going to feel it with your breath. And so can I do that ujjayi breathing through the whole yoga practice was really where it got me to concentrate my mind a lot more. And I went a lot more inner, uh, inward with my yoga yeah, practice. Yeah, makes sense. All right. So then let's go now to the, to the breathing that brings you to the deepest levels, the deepest states. Right. And I think Kundalini was really the, the style that I associate on the yogic side with those kind of ecstatic states of breath. Yeah. And Kundalini is, is really interesting to look at because it's a lot of that breath of fire, you know, yeah. that very fast paced breath, some of the breath that you work in your, um, in what you're, you're offering for your breath work, but they use these, um, these very interesting movements. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I remember one of my good friends, Caitlin, I was watching her. She was in her doing her Kundalini practice and she had full middle fingers <laughs> out like this, just, just flipping off the world behind her vigorously, <laughs> vigorously stirring. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, you're really getting it. You are flipping something off hard. Um, so then, so, so Kundalini, but that brings you to these states of, almost extrasensory awareness, almost a psychedelic state, which is, of course, you know, something that Stan Groff and yourself yeah. have taken in a kind of a different way. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the Wim Hof style, which is somewhere in between for the performance and um, cold sensitivity and a variety of different things. But let's talk about Kundalini first as, as that method. You know, what's, what's actually happening there when you're hyperoxygenating the body like that? Yeah, so what they're performing is a Kriya in Kundalini, and it's like a yogic dance move, <laughs> essentially. Um, there's a ton of them. They, they do stuff like... <laughs> yeah, They're like... <laughs> you ever watch that documentary on the Source family? You'll see, you'll see a lot of that there, too. Yeah, uh, and, and really, that, the, the practice is, is based on those Kriyas, also a lot of chanting, a lot of mantra work. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I've been to a couple of Kundalini classes, and it, is, it gets weird, man. They, they, they'll, it's the, different than your they, typical They say class. stuff like, like it's, it's all Sanskrit, but they do it in just the, the oddest articulation is like, So! No! <laughs> so! <laughs> no and it's like yeah you can't think of anything else yeah, while yeah, you're yeah. doing that yeah and then there's the uh there's obviously the like uh people around you doing that same thing um in all white yeah in all white you feel this sense of uh you know communal energy that you're cultivating mm -hmm. um but a lot of kundalini is based on uh, well the word kundalini itself it refers to this energy spiral that first uh, starts in the base of your sacrum. It's, it's, it's associated with the snake. Mm -hmm. And what they call a rising kundalini energy is the cultivation of this energy snake through your spine that sort of spirals up and around your spine, up through all of your chakra systems, and then eventually through your crown, ending in this lotus bloom that's fully connected in samadhi with you know, oneness. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, <clears throat> so that's kind of the traditional roots. And then I don't know too much about the history of Stan Groff when he decided to take it slightly a different way, take it off of the yogic path and just do hyperoxygenation in a more kind of Western, with a more kind of Western clinical approach for, you know, trauma healing and, right. you know, creating these states of connection and, and release. Um, 
that, and he was also doing LSD psychotherapy <laughs> too. So I think he wanted to, has many wanted, ways. wanted to find a way to do similar work that he was doing with these um, psychedelic medicines just with breath. And he kind of was one of the main pioneers, as far as I'm aware, of bringing that to uh, bringing that to light. Is that where you credit? you know, kind of getting the roots of what you did or is it more from the yogic side? Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm an integrationalist and so I have a background in yogic breathing and pranayama and also all these different kinds of using mantras and they're, they're different pathways and they have different intentions and different outcomes. The shamanic breathing, my experience with it and where, where I uh, have have had the opportunity to to focus is not having its roots roots in in India or the or the yogic um, pathways purely shamanic where the shamans have used breath along with other other things like psychedelic you know all plant medicines and so forth and so it actually is a whole separate um, school of using breath to come to an emotionally uh, clear you know, to use it at, to activate the clearing of the emotional energy and and darkness and shadow work, which is different than what Kundalini and yogic path is, because the shaman the, the shaman is like let's go into the darkness, let's 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 go into that place where fear resides, and let's go into the shadow and start uncovering that and bringing light to that, which is not the yogic path exactly. You know, it's very different. It's the shaman's like, hey, if there's darkness, let's go take a look at it. You know, and it's not just bringing more light in. It's like, let's go release the darkness so that more light can come in. And so the breath, using it, and there's lots of different breathing techniques. I mean, there's many, many variations and many schools of thought. Like you say, hey, this one, just like there's lots of yogic paths. You know, there's different kinds of yogic uh, paths and variations of yoga, but the shamanic breath is meant to take you into that place where altered states of consciousness are available and also into your shadow and pain that you've put down into the basement that you don't want to look at. Now, for people who haven't experienced it, they're like, yeah, right, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, but every single person who takes the breath that far, and it's not easy to do. You know, you may, yeah, you may take a couple breaths and, and it's, it, you really have to push yourself past that because it starts to create not pain, but discomfort Sometimes. in the body, you know, like the body will start to curl up in what's called Sometimes. tetany and you'll, you know, you'll feel very kind of like a little bit lightheaded and things will get a little weird and you'll want to stop. There'll be a message from your brain being like, Hey buddy, you're breathing a little too much here, you know? And, but some other part of you will be like, no, no, keep going. But it's great to have somebody facilitating like yourself that really encourages, you know, you to, to go for it, to go into those. Cause because the breath is taking you into the shadow and that's going to be challenging work always. So there's, it's not only the body saying, yeah, we got enough oxygen. The body's saying like, you sure you want to look at that shit there, buddy? Right. You know, and you sure you want to go there? Our tendency is to shut that off and that's why it's still there. That's why in the basement, all of these doubts and fears and insecurities and pains are living unconsciously sabotaging our greatness because it's, I like to look at it like, okay, if I'm living in this reality between the basement and the ceiling, then this is who I think I am and this is what I know is true. And until I go down into the basement of any unworthiness, any feeling alone, any anger, resentment, fear, shadow, um, then I'm not 
I've put a cap on my ceiling of potential. I've put a cap on what I think is true and what I know is true. And so what I call shamanjelic breath work is let's take that shamanic approach and dive into those pains and um, get out that anger, get out that fear, take a look at that insecurity. And that's where the shamanic support and, and, and where I like to take it to another level is to really hold someone in their process. Sometimes it's rage that needs to come out. Uh, sometimes it's really deep wounding. And, and me, me personally and what I've experienced in hundreds and hundreds of breath works that I've facilitated for thousands of people over many years now is that, you know, sometimes there's some sadness or grief that just never had a safe space to be expressed. And holding somebody, as we have done, as we've co-facilitated breath work and I've done for thousands of people, to hold somebody really gently in their process of where they just need to weep and get tears out is so powerful. And the breath opens up that gateway to look at that sadness or that pain um, and to hold someone in that place where they really just get to be held to have that emotional release. And then sometimes it's more like rage. You know, I've been swearing like a truck driver, just like, no, this is not okay. And just really letting the voice have an opportunity to express things that never got to express themselves. Like, no, it's not okay. I don't like this. Back up. My voice matters. You know, all of us have experienced oppression in different ways. And so sometimes in the breathwork process, you know, the throat will open up and, and what you finally need to say or claim comes out or, you know, I matter, I'm enough, whatever it is. And so it activates, it opens the throat chakra in a very different way. Yep. And, and sometimes, sometimes it is painful. You and know? sometimes it's pleasurable. Oh, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's total bliss, and, bliss-gasm. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it's just, it, again, it's like doing a psychedelic medicine. Like you just have to be ready for what's going to come through. And there's a real wisdom to that. You know, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's, I, it's almost like, like all the medicines are, kind of a bridge to that other elements of your subconscious and your unconscious and the breath is the cleanest lightest bridge that you can create but it doesn't mean that it doesn't go just as deep oh yeah you know and so for people who are people who are curious and, and want to know where the Wim Hof fits in it's kind of the same style both you and Wim Hof are like basically like I don't care what hole you get it in just get it in <laughs> you know like <laughs> just breathe. get just breathe just get it in there so for Wim it's you know somewhere around 30 seconds and he really focuses on you know, breathing in and then just letting it go without effort, you know, just, you know, so on the exhale, it's just, just a complete relaxation yeah. of all your muscles collapsing back and you'll start to feel just the starts of that tingle, but he doesn't want to take you too far. He wants to open up your capillaries so that you can withstand the cold pressure, you know, withstand the cold and then use the cold and the breath combined to reach these heightened states and performance states. He works with top fighters like uh, Alistair Overeem and these different things. But there's a level where if you take that Wim Hof breathing and you're in the cold too far, your capillaries get too open and the cold seeps right on through. And I, and I talked to Wim about that as well. But that's the area where the, sh the shamanic breathing or the shamanjelic breathing starts, right? It's past that Wim Hof level where you just keep going and then you want to be in a comfortable spot. You don't want to be in an ice bath. You know, you want to be, you want to be on a mat with a blanket, with a pillow, like so, or in a yoga studio in someplace comfortable. You know, because that's when body regulate, like the temperature can go up or down. You don't know if you're going to be hot or going to be cold. You're going to probably be both at some point. 
and you're going to be really in this experience. And it is like any other experience. It's great to have a facilitator, someone there to tell you when to push and then when to, to do those breath locks, those holds where everything becomes really still yeah. and calm and quiet. And, and I really encourage anybody who's interested, you know, look up uh, holotropic breathing is one of the names, shamanic breathing. Of course, if you have a chance to see Anahata, please do it. And if you're in Austin, you know, Noah has developed another kind of hybrid style, taking, taking the shamangelic breathing that you've taught through Noah and myself, and then trans, you know, bringing in a little bit of that Kundalini and then bringing in a little bit of the flavor of Black Swan and some of his own passion, which is, you know, music, you know, hip hop, trap, <laughs> and combining it all together. So Noah, if you, if you could just give a brief explanation of this kind of hybrid that you've developed. Yeah, so essentially we look at the the main problem when it comes to breath work and it is how do we motivate people to breathe? Uh, in a shamanic ceremony, we're running around and we're yelling in their ear, or not yelling, like whispering in their ears like, hey, breathe, come on, breathe with me, breathe, go for let's it. go, go, come <laughs> this on. This is your life. This is your life, like <laughs> breathe, breathe, breathe. Uh, and, and you're going around. And there's music on, too. Yeah, there's music too. But the main motivation for people to breathe is, is the facilitators going around and stoking <clears> their <throat> breath, pushing on their bellies, feathering their chests. And um, that, that's really the main constraint when it comes to trying to get people to breathe. Uh, how do we motivate them? How do we intrinsically make them want to push breathe? them past that threshold? Exactly. Where, you know, the body says, nah, fuck it. Yeah, let's just yeah. go back to the. Hey, we're good on oxygen. Yeah. Let's just let's just chill. I mean, I don't know what you're doing down there, but it seems crazy. Uh, and so I, I started playing around with, you know, how can I integrate a regular breathwork practice into my life? Uh, because there's so many benefits, not only just for doing one single shamanic ceremony, but on a daily basis, visiting these breathwork drills, visiting your skull shining breath, your bellows breath. How can I motivate myself to do that in silence? Uh, a, a kundalini class is all in silence. They're, they're doing these movements, these crazy dance moves, and there's nothing on. There's nothing playing over the stereos. Mm -hmm. And I saw that as like the missing link. I was like, wait, how can we integrate music into these breathwork drills? And when I started matching different breathwork drills like Breath of Fire and Bellows Breaths with musical beats, I realized that there was this natural, this natural syncopation of my breath and the music. And if you, if you think about music, it's just a wavelength, right? It's a tick-tock of a metronome back and forth. If you think of your breath, that's the same thing. It's a binary system, an inhale and an exhale. And you're just controlling the inflection points between the inhale and the exhale. And so essentially when you match those two wavelengths together, it begins to create one more motivation to breathe. You feel it's like a DDR machine, like those old Dance Dance Revolutions. We are like, ha, ha, I'm hitting yeah. every single breath. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, not only that, it's it's almost a form of uh, hypnosis in a way. Like you're you lose you you lose yourself in the music. You lose yourself in the breath. Those two things become one, and that leads you to breathe for a whole 45 minutes when you wouldn't have sat down and breathed for br taking yourself through breathwork drills for 45 minutes. Sure. Sure. And so we're matching it with music. We're getting hype during these sessions. And uh, it's like ecstatic pranayama. It's like a, I'm, I'm trying to define it as like a party, mm -hmm. just a breath party. And everybody's just getting lit on a Friday night to some trap music and some <laughs> hip hop. 
And it's the new Friday <laughs> night out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Static, and, breathing, dance, yeah. asana, <laughs> bliskasm party. It's funny, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I've been practicing this, and and uh, I was out at, like, a, just a dance club one time, and, you know, I wasn't sipping on anything. I was just breathing to the music. And this girl turns over, and she sees my face, and she's like, man, what are you on? <laughs> like, what are you right, on, dude? Right? And I was like, here, do it with me. Like, just breathe. Like, yeah. that's all you need to do. It's free. It won't show up on, on, a, on a piss test. <laughs> Legal. You get fired. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so, um, like, I really feel like this, is, this could redefine the way that you get hype. You get lit yeah. on a Friday night mm -hmm. instead of, you know, pounding shots taking a bunch of drugs to try to connect with the music and lose yourself, you connect with your breath and, and you, and you, find and you yourself. find exactly what you need. Yeah. You find clarity. You're not feeling shitty the next day. Feeling and better. Yeah. You're feeling better like this on a regular, Energized. yeah, in a Set regular, <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. regular practice, this is good for your body. Yeah. And so, uh, it, it's, it's almost even redefining the consumption of music. How, how do you listen to music? Well, dancing is definitely one way. Uh, but what if you danced with your breath, too? What if you matched the, the natural oscillation that you're engaging in while you're listening to music to whatever the beat is, whether it's skull shining breath, whether it's bellows breath? And that's sort of like this click that happened. And, and it was like this moment I was like, why isn't anybody doing this? Yeah. <laughs> like, we need to get more people doing this. And so every Friday night now, I've been hosting these uh, breath sessions where we put on some dope trap beats <laughs> and we, we, we make up our own Kriyas. Like instead of just doing the middle finger thing <laughs> yeah, out yeah, yeah. over and over, it's like just whatever you want. Just nasty dance moves in, <laughs> your, in your cross-legged seat while you're doing your breath work drills. Why not? And, and like we've been getting amazing feedback from this. Like people, people are not only engaged in their breath in that moment, but they're coming back to me later saying, I'm paying more attention to my breath. You've, this has unlocked the potential in my breath. I now understand like, whoa, this is, this is something that I can utilize at any moment. And what's what's really cool is is that this is this is something that's happening on every time you listen to music, you you can match your 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 breath your breath with music. And so for me, it's great because it's a sustainable practice. It's a take home practice. Sure, we do it together, and then I encourage people. Hey, put on a song that you like. Start jamming to this song, and become this creator of your own reality through the manipulation of your breath. And and it's fun at the same time. Yeah, I think that the the and then the last thing is that it's so accessible. Like this is like this is like the gateway drug of breath. It's like it's like, hey, dude, like we're just gonna listen to some tunes and yeah, yeah. do some breathwork drills, and uh, and then you you start doing it, and you're like, holy crap! And uh, one great example is uh, Andrew Craig was has been doing my sessions, and he went for the first time to the shamanic uh, breathwork ceremony that we did with Anahata. And he was like, man, I'm so glad that I did those in the first place. That's sort of what drew me to this shamanic breathwork mm -hmm. ceremony. And like, and it made me comfortable with going deep into my breath in, in the shamanic ceremony. Sure. So we, it's, yeah. like this, it's like this really easy way, this sneaky way to be like, hey, we're just going to party. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're just going to breathe. It's, it's going to be fun. And then it gets people more interested in like, whoa, there are actually some healing powers, some, some totally. benefits from, from breathing.
Beautiful. Where can people find you both? I'll put their, your websites and uh, Black Swan and everything in the show notes. But as far as social media for both you guys, where can people? Yeah, find my Insta is beast.yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough. And uh, I run a shamanjelic healing practice in Sedona. And so that's shamanjelichealing.com. And I'm Anahata Ananda on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, take this home with you. We've shared breaths that, you know, practices that you can experience in your own living room. There's ecstatic, blissgasmic breath that you can have either in a yoga studio or, you know, putting on your favorite dance track and, you know, inviting more oxygen in your body. And there's also taking more breathing prana practices into your yoga practices. And we talked a lot about those today. And, you know, shamanjelic breath work and other kinds of emotional clearing get the density out. And then what comes after that is just, it allows more light and consciousness in and allows more of your essence to come in and shine. And, you know, so all of these are opportunities to take it deeper and be more of yourself. So i um, grateful to Aubrey for, you know, being such a proponent of this tool as a, an awakening, um, empowering practice for, for everybody. And so, Come to uh, come to Black Swan Yoga in Austin and come visit me in Sedona. And uh, we're going to have all kinds of online opportunities as well. If you can't make it to either of those locations, we'll have a bunch of links up for online courses and other other things that you can do at home. So, so grateful. Yep. And, <clears throat> you know, as I say, whenever whenever you feel like you're powerless and you don't have any choices, think about your breath. <laughs> it's a choice that we always have. It's a choice that no one can take from us. So. You focus on your breath, you harness that choice, and you realize that you have choice universally. In Unless your you're life. doing jujitsu. <laughs> someone may actually literally take your breath. But then you tap out and you get your breath back. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. You have choice. Thanks, everybody. All right. Big hugs. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Aubrey Marcus podcast. As always, we deeply appreciate it if you share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. And of course, go to onit.com slash Aubrey, get 10% off all of the tools for human optimization.